This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, for January 29th, 2023.
Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is a joy to be with you. It is um, an honor to have the opportunity to come together and worship together. Um, I'm so grateful for all of you. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It is a joy, a special joy to have you with us. For those of you who are online, thank you for being here with us in the way that you can be. We're so grateful that you are here as well. Um, I want to remind you that if you'd like to know more about us, you can find out more about us on our website, uh, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a Y.org. You can go there, you click on the About tab, and you can learn about us. There's a contact us button. You can let us know a little bit about yourself and we can get you on our mailing list so you can know about the different things that are going on in this community. A couple of announcements for us this morning before we begin our worship. Um, I want to uh, ask you to join me this morning in welcoming our visiting organist, Ellen Jones. Ellen's going to be joining us while Michael is away. Thank you, Ellen, for joining us. So good to have you with us. Look at that. They're clapping. They're clapping. They haven't even heard you yet and they're clapping. This is good. No pressure. This morning's Mission Incarnate Forum, uh, that's the forum hour after uh, 10, after this 9 a.m. service at the 10 o'clock hour, we're doing our adult education uh, hour, and, and the, the topic throughout Epiphany is Mission Incarnate, uh, closing the gap between us. This morning, the, the Mission Incarnate Forum asks the question, how do we work cooperatively? I invite you to join Keenan Beecham and Cynthia Bloxham and the PwC ramp builders as they share their experiences of combating homelessness among older adults on fixed incomes. So you'll want to hear about that. That is at our, in our parlor immediately following this worship service. If you'd like to just be with us and hang out and not learn anything, you can just go to the Great Hall for, for some coffee and some treats and, and some socializing. Uh, you have choices to, to become a better person or not. Either way, just hang out with us after the 10 a.m. It's great at 10 a.m. Uh, a couple other things that are coming up on Sunday, February 12th, we will be welcoming the Right Reverend Nettie Rivera. She is one of the assisting bishops of this diocese. She will be at this 9 o'clock service and at our 11 o'clock worship service. Bishop Rivera will celebrate, preach, and confirm and receive new members into the church on February 12th. I hope you'll have that on your calendar. And then on our annual meeting um, is on Sunday, February 19th. That's Sunday, February 19th, and that'll be at 10 a.m. in the Great Hall. That will be when our annual meeting is immediately following this 9 a.m. service in the Great Hall on February 19th. So please plan to stay later that day and attend that. Uh, the 2022 annual report has been mailed to you and is also available on our website under the media tab. So you can look at that now if you'd like, well, after the service, don't do it right now. Be sure to review that, especially the list of nominees for our various offices that will be, um, we'll be electing to those positions. Um, you can check that out before the meeting. There's a lot of upcoming programming. Please make sure to check the events page on our website or on the app. As you know, I am using our app to read these announcements, and you can do that too. Uh, you just go to your app store and type in Redeemer Cincy with a Y in the search, and it'll pop up, and you can download that, and you'll have all this wonderful information for yourself. Uh, Hannah's in the back, ready to welcome all the kids who'd like to join her for Kids Chapel. If you go with her now, uh, you can come back during the piece, and uh, we'll all take communion together. These are all the announcements that I plan to make this morning, so I do invite you to stand as you are able, and we will begin our worship together.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our great time grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from Micah. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. 
for the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of the Lord. reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who have been saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, 
The world did not know God through wisdom. God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is a source of our life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Christ. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of our Lord. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Be seated. When I was nine years old, I discovered MTV. Uh, and MTV, when I was growing up, actually played music. Um, and videos, and I, I fell in By the way, the lights are just messed up today. They're just going on and off over here, but I don't get it, but nothing's, it's all okay. It's just happening. Um, and I, I just fell in love with that music, and I fell in love with rock and roll, and I decided I was going to be a rock star, and I told my mom I wanted a guitar. So she got me piano lessons. <laughs> that is not the same thing. That is not the same thing. Now I know... Little Richard played the piano and he created rock and roll, but my mom didn't sign me up for rock and roll piano. She signed me up for like classical piano, these little purple books, and you had to learn theory and take notes, and I was just like, this is insulting. This is not my rock star heart. But I stayed with it and I continued to practice and I practiced regularly. Um, We actually got to a point in my upbringing where I actually had a piano in my own bedroom. Um, it's a long story, and it's not because we were like so awesome, we just had so many pianos all around the house, but I ended up with one in my room, and I practiced regularly, and it became such a part of me and who I was. Eventually, when I was in junior high, uh, I got a guitar, and I like played it, like sat down and tried to play it once, and was like, anyways, that was interesting, and I went back to the piano. <laughs> the piano had uh, gotten into me and sort of found me as an instrument that meant something to me, helped me kind of understand music better, which I love very much. Um, Never became great at it. And as I got into uh, high school and then my life sort of blew up in a lot of different ways, uh, I walked away from it or kind of let it fade. As an adult, I came back. And I decided I was gonna start, I decided I was gonna start taking piano lessons again. Uh, In my uh, late 20s, the first time I came back to it, and then again in my early 30s, 
And when I came back to it again in my early 30s, I actually went back. I was back living for the first time since I was a child in my hometown. I had moved away, and I was back, and I started taking piano lessons from the same teacher I had as a child. And I started using some of the same books that I had been using when I had been working with her the last time. And so I started to practice, and I was getting back into it. And now as an adult, I was actually listening to some of the music I was trying to play. When I was working through these things, some of you will know what I mean exactly the moment I say it. Others of you will not. But I was working through these things called box inventions. <laughs> and they are invented to ruin you. Um, <laughs> They are meant, invented in such a way, they are these little inventions that don't last very long, but your one hand is supposed to do one thing and your other hand is supposed to do the other thing, and if you get it exactly right, it sounds mildly passable and not at all beautiful or romantic. But I got really into them and I was working really hard, but I showed up to piano practice one day, or to piano, my piano lesson one day, and my, uh, my teacher could tell that I was really frustrated. She'd been working with me since I was nine, remember? And she could tell that I was very frustrated. And she said, what's, what's wrong? I said, I'll tell you what's wrong. I'm listening to Glenn Gould play this invention, and I can't play it like that. Yeah. And she said, Phil, he's one of the greatest piano players in the history of piano. No one can play it like that. Don't, don't do that to yourself. I said, well, I, if I can't sound like him when I play this, why play it at all? I feel like this is how we get when Jesus tells us what it means to be a disciple. Jesus stands up before us today in the beginning of what we call his Sermon on the Mount, which in the Gospel, according to Matthew, is the true beginning of his earthly ministry. And these are the very first words he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. And then he goes on and lists all these types of people, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, those who are reviled and persecuted on Jesus' account. These are the people who are blessed, people who live and act like this. This is what it means to follow Jesus, to understand God's love. And if you're like me, you will often look at that, if you look at it at all, and say, I don't, I don't know that I can be any of those things, and I'm not even sure if I want to be. If I can't be a peacemaker, that'll really make a huge difference in this world. Why be a peacemaker at all? Why? What about me being a peacemaker is going to end the war in Ukraine? What about me being meek is going to end the swelling violence of this world and of this country in which we live? What about me being poor in spirit, which is to say, a person who says, I give up God, it's all yours. 
How's that going to make anything work better? How's any of this going to make any difference in this world? And besides, even when I do it, I can't do it like Jesus did it. We say, I can't be a peacemaker like Martin Luther King Jr. Not like that, so why even try? I can't, I can't possibly be as meek, as kind and merciful as Jesus or Mother Teresa or one of these people we hear about that we hold up as paragons of virtue and righteousness. Do I hunger and thirst for righteousness? Yeah, sometimes. Other times I just want to watch the Bengals play. I don't know. <laughs> so if I can't, if I can't do it, why do it at all? Underneath that is something, I think, true about so many of us, which is a fear. A fear that we will not be able to be the kind of people we want to be. So why even go after it? We idealize this life. We all hold in our minds a picture of what it could be, of what we could be. And then we just disappoint ourselves and are disappointed by others. And the really fun thing about being Christian is then you also think you're disappointing God. What a joy. I had a parishioner say to me once, um, you know what I really don't like about your sermons? It's a wonderful way to start a conversation with a preacher. Like, because I'll tell you what, they'll listen. 100% of the time, the person will be like, tell me, I want to know, so I can beat myself up later, tell me. You know what I really don't like about your sermons? I said, what? And they said, you just stand up and tell people that God loves them no matter what. I was like, well, yeah. Well, God does love them no matter what. And they said, yeah, but so what? Now what? So they just sit around knowing they're loved and that's it? And I was like, yeah, at the time, got friends. I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. We sit around knowing that we're loved and, 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 and it makes things better. And, I, and I'm, as I'm saying it to her and as I'm defending myself, I'm going, ooh, she's right and I'm full of it. Okay, um, I've got to think about this. But what, I'm realized, what I've realized and what I'm continuing to realize in my relationship with God and my relationship with the church as a person who is trying to be Christian um, is that I do need to keep telling you all that God loves you no matter what because we keep trying to find reasons why it's not true. We will see this thing that Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the humble and the meek and the merciful and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and immediately go, I wonder if I'm one of those people. I don't know that I could be. And we immediately come up with all of the ways that we fall short and say, well, I wonder if I'm blessed. I wonder if I'm worth God's time. We're afraid of not being able to live up to the idea that God has for us. So we end up oftentimes rejecting it altogether or ignoring it or making it our own thing. I do believe that the message of Jesus is 
that you are totally, completely, and utterly belonging to God. Period. As you are, right now, should you never do another good thing as long as you live, you are completely loved. Period. End of story. That is a thing that is true about you. It is in your core. It is in your being. God has made you as one who is beloved. This will never not be true about you. It will never be taken away. And before you were born and after you die, the truest thing about you is your belovedness. Now what? What will we do with that? And what Jesus describes to us throughout his ministry, beginning with the words we hear today, is the now what of the Christian. It is not live perfectly and do all the right things so that you may be loved, but it's also you're loved, so, you know, don't worry about anything. If you think that being fully and totally loved no matter what means you can check out of the problems of this world, you are fundamentally misunderstanding the heart of God. But also if you think that you've got to be completely and utterly perfect in the work that God gives you to do or it's worth nothing, you are also fundamentally misunderstanding the heart of God. God wants you to do the work imperfectly. Practice doesn't make perfect. Anyone who's played an instrument will tell you that. Practice makes practice. So get back at it. This is the work. About a month ago, I finally, after many years, reached out to a new piano teacher. And we are getting ready to start scheduling piano lessons so I can start up again. I am not good and I will never play in front of you. I need you to know that. Please don't ask me. Because I finally figured out it's actually not about you. It's not about playing for other people. It's not about becoming perfect. I said it's really meaningful for me, just for me as me, as Phil, to sit down on that bench in front of that piano and be frustrated and enjoy it and do the work. That's it. That's why I want to do it. This list of blessed people that Jesus describes, this is not aspirational for you. He's not describing spiritual celebrities or people who are meant to be amazing inspirations. He's describing you. Each one of you, as you read this list, one of these things resonates with you, and you should know this. Oftentimes, the word blessed also gets translated, you're never going to believe this, I'm going to tell you, this is true, also gets translated as happy. The word for blessed and happy are oftentimes the same word. The word that Jesus uses, happy are those who are, choose to be meek. Happy are those who are merciful. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. How does that shift this for you? Instead of thinking about this as an aspirational way to be a Christian, you have the opportunity to think about what about following Jesus and loving this world brings your heart alive, opens you up, brings joy into you. Not what could you be better at. 
What about loving God and loving this world do you want to keep practicing at? What about mercy, love, peace, justice? What about these things, the practice of them, the imperfect, frustrating work of them? What about them sets your heart ablaze? The work we have to do is not the work of being perfect. It's practice. It's practice with the love for which we are made. And with the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, we will not become perfect at any of it. But we may see moments through the work where we are perfectly ourselves. In Jesus' name. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and God's kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and de deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. We pray for all the thanksgivings of this life. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our words may find favor in your sight. We pray especially for Noah Bass, Lee Harvey, Bill Powell, Doreen Stanley, and Bill Thayman. Have compassion on, on all those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their We pray for the departed, Frank Keenan, husband of Joyce, Phil Goldman, brother-in-law of Carol and Grant Hesser, and Mary Ann Fairley, mother of Lori. Grant to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share everlasting Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you.
Let your light so shine before all people that they may see your good works and give glory to your mother in heaven. All things come of thee, O Lord. And of thine own we give you The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, 
joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will come again. again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us,
we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. Alleluia. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, life is short, and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love, make haste to be kind, and may the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit be among you now and remain with you unto the ages of ages. Amen.
Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you.